What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. And man, oh man, oh man, we got a good one for you today. This one goes out to all my B2B hustlers. And you know who you are out there in any kind of recruitment, sales, marketing, tech. Wes, talk about it. Absolutely, man. It's going to be an exciting episode. We have Belinda Agnew with us. This was a really, really good episode. Very powerful. Chris, why are we so excited for this one? Man, she's doing it all. I mean, she's taking recruitment to another level, especially on LinkedIn. You won't have to listen long without having Belinda become one of your new people that you need to follow. It's not about just some people that you should follow. It's you need to follow this woman. And you'll learn more about this episode when we get a little bit deeper. Not just inside her soul, beautiful, and to outside. What she does to with her listeners, you know, with her TV show that she has, with all the people that she comes in contact with, she leaves them with a smile on her face. And you can see that with a lot of her content of just sharing more and being open and trying to do something different when it comes to recruitment. I think that that's something the listeners probably should look out for. What do you think, Wes? Yeah, absolutely. That and you know, one thing that really impressed me was how vulnerable, you know, she is right. and being able to really use her story and the things that she had or didn't have growing up to fuel her, you know, that competitive advantage that she has. So there's going to be so much value to listen for inside of this one. Without any more delay, let's go ahead and bring this lady on and let's knock this out the park. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you listen in from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right. I'd like to welcome Belinda Agnew to the show. Belinda, welcome. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, always, always. I'm, I'm really excited for the show. And we reached out obviously last week. I thought that you would bring a lot of value to the show and excuse my voice. Obviously, I'm a little hoarse today, but we'll push it through. We'll muscle through. But any day it ends in one, I'm really honored that you're here. Yeah. No, thanks for having me, both of you. You do own a business in Australia, Melbourne. And Melbourne. obviously started that business it's called focus, focus, group. focus group. Yes. Yeah. So focus group is um, B2B placement. And what you do is, you know, maybe sales and then marketing, but we were just having a brief conversation on how you got started. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more in depth on how you came about and where you are today? Yeah, sure. So do you want to, do you want me to like bring it way back or do you want me to like just, yeah, let's go into our previous conversation before we hit record. And I think yeah, the listeners did. can we bring a lot of value. Deep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So as I was saying uh, to the boys uh, off recording, um, I grew up in a, you know, single mom household and I was the only child. Um, so I don't know my dad. I don't, I'm not close to him. We have never met really like we have briefly, but at the time, you know, growing up with her, I had decided she couldn't hustle. So I had mm -hmm. to hustle and right. I just automatically became the alpha female. Mm -hmm. um, and my first job was selling Kirby vacuum cleaners where I applied uh, on a newspaper and on the newspaper, as I was saying to the boys, it said, do you want to make money? If you sell, 
a Kirby vacuum cleaner or this product, you will get $700 cash. And at that time I was 16 turning seven, I think it was 16 or 17. I can't really remember. It was so long ago. Um, but I was like, oh my God, $700 cash. They're going to pay me if I just sell like one vacuum cleaner a week, that's $700 a week. You know, I was like a kid, like, you know, right. I, like I come, I didn't come from anything. So that's a lot of money. Right. Um, so I applied for the job and I ended up becoming a talent. And that's when I found, okay, so this is kind of a thing. I'm pretty good at selling. Mm -hmm. Then I went into call center work where I was selling telecommunications over the phone in a very male dominant industry. And in all industries and all roles that I've been in, I've always been the youngest and probably the only female mm. in all of my jobs. So as you can imagine, read between the lines, I was bullied like badly um, yeah. by, you know, people in the company, you know, she's a woman, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's young. She doesn't get it. She's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, she's only getting sales because she's pretty. A yeah. bunch of stuff, right? So I got bullied a lot to the point where I was never thinking about business or entrepreneurship. It just wasn't for me. I, I was scared, you know, I was like a shy mm -hmm. kid, you know. What were you scared no about? Idea. Do you think? I, well, well, I was scared because I, I was, my mom was a single mom. Like I grew up right. not knowing what business was about. And for me to think about having a business, like that was not in the, in the cards for me ever. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. never thought that I would be capable to have a bit. Like I just never, you know, it never came across my mind mm -hmm. and, you know, being bullied over, over the years in, in the jobs that I've had, because I was so good at it. Um, I was like, shit, this is the only choice I have. Right. You know? like, I can't right. work for somebody because this is like a, a real health issue for me. And it was really like hurting inside. So at the time I was poached by a company, um, which is called Uvision Australia. It's a migration agency. Um, and they still, they're still running the company, um, owner is Roberto mm -hmm. and I became a contractor where we were partnered together. One of his clients poached me and he realized I was a talent and he said, look, we'd love you to come on board and work for us. And I said, how about you help me start my business? Cause I got no can i swear by the way no you please so I, i'm like because i have no fucking idea what i'm doing right <laughs> i was right. like 22 or something right and i'm like i have no clue what i'm doing but how about you help me and i just sell right, right? That's, that's, right. that's all i knew at the time and uh that's what happened and then i started that business when i was 20 i, was 20, I think it was 22 23 something like that um and that went very well like mm -hmm. to the point it just blew up. How much does like, that come back from, how, excuse me to cut you off, but how much does that come from your upbringing and you having to be the alpha in your family with your mom? I mean, that's a drive. That, yeah, yeah, it was a drive. Yeah. That, that's a huge gasoline drive. I mean, that's, there's a lot yeah. of power behind that. Yeah, and absolutely. Bullied and, and do you, how much do you draw from that as motivation? Oh, every, all of it. All of it, yeah. Yeah, 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 all of that. Yeah, yeah, like- uh, cause I have a therapist and, you know, she doesn't believe that my drive is my mom. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's my mom. Right. And she's like, I, I don't believe it. I was like, it's my mom. And I'll tell you why, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's everything got to do with my mom, not just because she didn't have anything. It was because she had taught me so much throughout my life. Right. Um, you know, to not be like her one way 
and then also to to um i guess be that person she wanted to be if that mm-hmm. if that makes any sense parenting it's all about sacrifice yeah it's they have to do what they have to do at that time to be able to put a clothes in your back and a roof over your head and food in your mouth on the table you know and put you in the best type of opportunity in school and you know my dad has worked you know two to three jobs his whole life I don't come from a lot of money as well. You know, and my older sister was handicapped. She passed away. I learned a lot from my childhood of watching her breathe through tubes. That's why I don't, I refuse to accept anything less than the best for myself every single day. So I draw from very similar, but different, but I, everyone's different and has a different motivating factor or force. You know, you can have a motivating factors or you can have a driving force. It just like literally propels you and pushes you into different types of situations I think that's a beautiful point, Wes, for you to kind of lean yeah. in on this. Where do you think a lot of the listeners will get more value in understanding that type of drive that Belinda is actually understanding and, and what helps her do what she does in such a high level? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that's where, uh, you know, Belinda, if you want to kind of expand on this a little bit, you know, when obviously you draw a lot from that relationship or from, you know, from your mother. And so mm. when, I guess growing up with her, was, was she always supportive or was there a part of it where you felt like you needed to prove yourself? Um, no, my mom wasn't super supportive at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she, look, you know, I love my mom dearly. Like she's an mm. amazing person, has an amazing soul. But I believe that she wasn't supposed to have me. Like I obviously, you know, everything happens for a reason and I was a blessing in disguise and all of that. But I truly believe that she wasn't supposed to be a mom because she was young. She had me at 17. Mm. So she had no clue what she was doing. Right. Um, And my mom's never been married. She's always been in relationships, like ongoing relationships, like five years and three years and two years. It was like a, a pattern. So my upbringing, as you can imagine, I just, you know, was seeing males come in, out, in, out, in, out of my life. So it was almost like a, I was detached from my mom and that's how I became so independent at such a young age without even knowing. Right. Gotcha. Right. So that like when you, because usually yeah. people break in certain ways, right? So either you become exactly like the person or you become the total opposite. I guess, what was it for you that made you say, this is not how I'm going to be. I need to take a different path. Um, I seen the other side. You know, I seen my mom's side and then I had a taste of success quite early on in my life in, you know, young and I loved the taste of success and I loved that life and I chose that. I was like, it only makes sense, right? Of course I want that life. Takes a lot of courage. A lot of courage. One one interesting thing that you did or that you said that I think of listeners will get a lot of this, especially in sales is when you were approached by the the business partner um, or the person that wanted you to come work for them and you flipped it around and made it into hey why don't you invest in me would you be able to elaborate a bit on that for the listeners to understand kind of why did you go that route and more so even how did you present that in order for the person to say yes I want to invest in you so I just want to be really honest with you it was like over a coffee (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't like a, a whole presentation like I, I I'm being super honest I had no idea what I was doing 
Mm. Like no idea. I just knew that I would have made more money doing it on my own Mm -hmm. versus working for him. And that was the only thought going through my mind. And I was like, so this is the figures, right? So it was a, an RTO, a registered training organization, like a university in, in United States. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was to place one student into his RTO, say that a student was paying 30,000, which is the average 30,000, the government was funding that in Australia. And as an agency, like as a company partnered company, if I was to attract that talent into his university, I would get 35%, 35 to 60%, depending on how many students I'm enrolling into the course. Right. It's just a no brainer. Yeah. Right. I think at the time he was offering me a hundred K plus super, which is 9.5%. I think it's called something else in the United States. I cannot remember the name. Um, uh, Roth, Roth. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So similar to that. Um, and then plus commission, depending on how many. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, look, you know, I could definitely enroll seven a week on my own, you know? Mm-hmm. So I took that route that was, that was going in my mind. And I was like, well, let's do it. What, what do I have to do? And he was like, we'll organize the contract, the affiliate agreement, we'll bring you on board and then I'll train you up. Um, and then I became a contractor for, I think, two months. And then I, then I uh, proposed, I said, look, I think I'm really good and you know I'm good. How about I say I enroll XY per month? If I was to hit this number, I want this amount of like uh, percentage and I also want my own brand and create my own team like as a partner and then obviously I hit that and that's kind of what happened and I had a team in Manila and they were just smashing out the calls he was generating all the leads that were coming to us and we were essentially you know like a sales and marketing division right I believe that you know and I'm thank you for sharing that with the listeners because a lot of people don't understand this especially in sales they think that because if you're in sales you're always gonna be a salesperson yeah if you're you're kind of stuck to another business or another purpose or in selling something for somebody else. But the people that really make a mark in sales, they know how to structure deals completely, especially as entrepreneurship. When I, my path and my journey of getting me to where I'm at today come from me refusing and doing it in a certain way that everyone's always done it before in sales. Like I sell ethical sales. I don't sell something to someone that isn't ready for it, or there's not going to benefit their life in some type of form or fashion. Me not refusing to sell in a certain way and using my emotional intelligence, I understand and I see the opportunities and that's how that mind shift. And you start shifting and looking at things in a different perspective. You start understanding, hey, there's room on the table for more, not just for myself, not just for Wes, not just for you. There's, there's room for growth here. Where can we make more of an impact? And it's not about just making money. How, my, how can I make more of an impact with my buyers? How can I make more of an impact in the marketplace? And is it sustainable? Where's the barriers of entry? How can I remove those to make, you know, everyone win? And that's the whole idea behind the podcast in the first place is the win-win effect. Everyone's got to win. Everyone's going to eat. There's no, right. I, I need to judge a true entrepreneur on how many successful people they have next to them. Do you know what right. I mean? With that type of agency, you have how many people star players do you have on your team that you uplift do you think um so just so you know that company went down no okay. i'm talking about the um, one right now focus group 
Oh, right now. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, I thought you were talking about uh, that. Agency. No, no, no. Um, so we've got seven people. We've only been running for, for two years. We're mm-hmm. very new yeah, in the market. The ones you have, the, the seven people that you have, have they been around you for a little while? Like, I mean, how did you ever do um, we recruit them through other companies? Yeah, no, not really. So that's a good question. So they've only been with me, um, I would say, in the last year, just okay. over a year. Um, but I kind of, when I first started the company, um, I obviously had to wear all the hats right. for 12 yeah. months, you know, as you know. Um, and then obviously when the company made some, you know, decent coin, um, then we could, you know, start um, hiring yeah. staff from there. Yeah. Right. But again, we're two years in. We're, we're very new. We're very boutique. I'm not looking to grow this. It's just going to stay very, you know, boutique working with great clients like Mind Valley, Vision. I'm sure you know yes, who he is. Of course. He's one of our clients. So we um, we're recruiting all his developers right now because he's building out two new connections mm-hmm. um, for the app. Um, you know, companies like Telstra, Belong. Um, I don't know if you've heard of these companies, yes. but that's kind of, you know, the, the clientele we have. So we like to keep it super boutique so we're able to manage them properly. Is it because you want to be aligned with your core values? Is that, is that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But also I want to step down from that and then focus on Workle, which is the application, which is my my true passion. Yeah. Gotcha. Talk to the listeners a little bit more about that. Workle. Um, Yeah. So um, Workle came about because when I went into recruitment, I seen a pain. Okay. Um, And I guess I consider myself as a millennial. And I think a lot of people in our industry, you know, not to degrade anybody or put anyone down. I just think they're super old school. Um, so people in recruit or own, people that own recruitment agencies have white hair or at least like, you know, 48, maybe the youngest, right? right? So they're very old school. They're very politically correct. They're very best practice, like, you know, very corporate suit and tie. Um, whereas, I came in and I just started creating a lot of content and making noise Mm -hmm. all over like LinkedIn. Right. And everyone's like, who is this girl? Like, where is she coming from? Like, who is this person? Um, And from there, I seen the value in content creation. I seen the value in video. And then I seen the value of clients like Telstra loved the fact that we were sending video pitch videos of candidates to Mm. them with a CV. That's so important. I hate resumes. They call them resumes in the States. I hate me looking at a piece of paper. I'm not going to know enough about that person to hire them. Absolutely. Especially in sales, you know, and can you imagine like they come to your office and you're interviewing them for your team and you've got it out of, out of niceness because we're nice people there for at least 30 minutes and act interested, but you already know in the first five minutes, they're not going to work out. (laughs) I'm a little blunt. I'm a little we'll blunt sometimes. I'm not going to waste my time for 30 minutes. I'm yeah, usually getting about know, five minutes in, but I'll, I'll entertain it for a little while. I know what you want. brand, you know, you got to entertain, yeah. right? So yeah. it's like you know, <laughs> the video kind of cuts all that out. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that idea because it's like, I, I do the same thing. Like if anybody, if I'm going to bring anybody on board, I ask them for like a three minute or less type of video Yeah. Right? because a yeah. resume tells me nothing, right? But the way you conduct yourself, the way you sell yourself, tells me what kind of person that you are. So I, I love that idea. How hard on you are on females when they send the videos? I know that sometimes when I get videos and they're, I guess you wouldn't say not in a business professional type of attire, you know, they really want to impress and I'm not that kind of person. You know, when I go to my office and I'm in business, I'm very business-like. I'm not going, it's not about looks. It's about 
the potential that I see in you, the fire, you know, the right. values. That's what I look at. But how much, how hard are you on the, the female side, just because you're more of an alpha type of personality? Do you mean like when we're recruiting females? Yes. Our team yes. Or, yeah. When you're um, recruiting females. Uh, yeah. Like I, I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't see females as different as males. Like I don't, I don't, Perfect. I'd be the same. Yeah. I would be the same uh, as a male. Um, but you know, I kind of get what you're trying to say in terms of looks. I think females do use that a lot. Yeah. As you know, they to play get that what card, they yeah. want, you know, um, and that's why I always say females are much better in sales, in my mm -hmm. opinion, because they can use their, their looks and they're very nurturing and they care, you know, they have a, a big care factor, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that boys don't care and men don't care, but you know, <laughs> that they, they, they actually care. They actually give a shit like, you right. know, feel very empathetic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I do think that they use that to their advantage. And as you guys know, you can see through that. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you have, if you actually understand what really is going to make someone successful and the right attributes. And, and I didn't want to use that in a type of negative way of looking at it because I, I get a lot of, you know, resumes and I get a lot of people that approach me and want me to train them or yeah. that's what Wes and I do for companies that we go inside of companies, you know, either startups or trying to get to a high six figure, or I'm trying to take them from a high six figure and turning it into a multi seven and multi eight. That's what we do for a living is we go inside of companies Love and realign that. their sales process and try to make a more of an impact that way. So I think that we're aligned with that understanding, you know, it's not about the employees or the, the team. It's about the culture of the team and aligning that yeah. culture within that company in that heartbeat because right. sales and marketing fulfillment, that's the, the sales in my opinion is the heartbeat of the company. When sales is pumping and the energy is high, everyone's happy. If you're everyone's selling, happy. you don't have a business. Right. Right. And if you're, I mean, any day that ends in why I always say that any day that ends in why you gotta be making money. I mean, I'm not running a nonprofit. We, course, we're here to make yeah. money, but we're also here yeah. to make it more of an impact and have fun at what we do. No one wants to go to work and, and hate it. And then also looking at it, you know, just with, you know, having a right manager or leader in place. Do you hire the, the right manager and leader as well when you're recruiting? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because obviously we have different divisions that need to run those, um, right. those staff. So it comes down to culture, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, um, whether they're going to align with that manager or the current team that's in place. Because if you bring like a rookie in that already has like a great culture going on, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how like, you know, skilled they are if they're not going to fit, it's just going to ruin the whole dynamic. Division, yeah. The whole company. Yeah. The whole vibe. Right. So culture is super important. Super mm -hmm. important. How long is the, do you have like a, like a trial date for like when you bring on a new staff or you bring on a new person inside yeah. of a company, do you have days. like a 30, 90 days? So after yeah, a 90 yeah. day period, did they make a decision? They're going to keep them full time. Uh, yeah. So we, we do a 90 day uh, guarantee. So basically, mm. if the uh, talent doesn't work out in 90 days, uh, we have to replace that person. How big is your hiring pool? Um, well, we do, we, we generally do around 20 roles a month, something like mm. that, depending on the, you know, the contracts and stuff that we've got mm. going on. Um, but like I said, we, we are a service business, so it's really high margins. 
Right. Um, as you know, I think you, you boys are in service as well. Um, so we don't essentially have any, anything going outside other than the, the staff's right. uh, pay uh, and obviously overheads and whatever. Um, but it's, it's high margin. So we charge anywhere from 17 to 25% uh, on the remuneration. So let's say it's 100K, we would charge 21% on that. You mentioned earlier, do you want to kind of keep a little bit more of a boutique and keeping your the company yeah. smaller, right? Is that so you're able to pick the right clients for yourself? Yes, uh, that's spot on. Yeah, we want to okay. be able to attract the best clients. We don't Beautiful. want to become a haze or in a deco where they have just like a bunch of, you know, SMEs, a bunch of random right. companies. We yeah. want like big brands. We want to work with the best because Beautiful. I feed off energy. My team feeds off energy. And not only that, if you're working with the best, uh, the opportunities are endless from there. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess that's kind of the goal for us. I'm very methodical. And so, I mean, I think all three of us on this line, we're pretty, I mean, I don't think if you wouldn't be an entrepreneur, if you're not actually methodical and actually break things down and looking in the future and trying to figure out all the different types of opportunities. I don't just, you know, do things to do it and very strategic. Like I'm always looking for an opportunity somewhere down the road. It could be five years down the road. It could be three months down the road, whatever the, you know, type of timeline I'm looking at, but it's also looking at it and just networking because networking is probably one of the biggest things for myself and networking with the right group of people. You know, it's yeah. kind of like we talked a lot about is what you attract, putting out in the universe and attracting those type of clients. How much do you network as in within that type of industry and finding the right type of clientele? I'll be honest. I don't network. Okay. Uh, we, we do a bunch of content and that's kind of our network. That's our BD. That's, that's my, that was my point. That was my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. my point. Because I so think that's, that's the of- beautiful part is that you don't because you don't need to the right people will come to you. Yeah, that's true. So like, I'll give you a really good example. Um, I did a video, um, my team and I put a video out, I think it was two weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was just a video from my phone, right? Like, Hey, you know, reaching out, hope everyone's well, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, reach out if you guys need anything. And then boom, I get an email from Amazon, one of the, the divisions in Amazon. And then we have a, a zoom meeting like this. Uh, and then we, you know, chat away and whatever. Then he introduces me to APAC talent acquisitions and then introduces me to HR. Uh, and then from there, we send out a contract and now we're in the process of winning the, the roles at the moment in Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Right. That's a huge <laughs> that's deal. And that's just based on, you know, putting content out uh, and, and video. That's why I'm so passionate about uh, content creation and video and all of that. Right. Super, super important. Like coming from behind the scenes a little bit more and obviously you're doing your personal brand. I know that's obviously what Wes and I have obviously done for the last, like I think about four years now and a little bit specifically in the last two years, I've started, I've always been the guy behind the guy in a company that made the shit work, you know, and actually increasing the revenue, profit share and whatnot. You're the operator. Yeah. I'm the guy that makes it happen, like pulling the strings. And now I'm pulling myself from behind the scenes and showing behind the curtain, showing our faces now and working on our personal brands and kind of not networking, but putting the right content out there for the right people to hear and see it and feel it. Yeah. When you're understanding that type of way of networking, I look at also when you're looking at CVs, we talked about this and resumes. I really don't like it. I think your resume is your brand. 
it should be on yeah. social media. Like, what are you putting out in the universe? I mean, prove it. If you're saying you're the guy, you're the gal, prove it. Right. How much do you yeah. do research on the social media side and looking at, looking at them that way? Oh my God. Like I, I ran about it all day, every day on LinkedIn. I'm just like recruiters, you are crazy. You need to get on LinkedIn, <laughs> get in front of the camera, do more content. Like we have three people just dedicated to putting content out mm. yeah. internally. That's and that's beautiful. just purely to put content out because I'm just so big on it. Um, and it's not, it's not even just about, obviously it's a part of BD, but it's also about brand awareness. You know, we've been in the industry for two years and, you know, we've been on, on, you know, the biggest podcast in talent acquisition world in two years, you know, people that have been running agencies forever that are much bigger than right, us you right. know, doing much bigger turnovers, you know, are not getting access to these opportunities um, because they're not willing to put themselves out there. You know, right. they're scared. Yeah. What are right. they going to think of me? What, what are they going to say about me? How do I look on camera? You know, um, yeah. the usual stuff, the basic stuff. So uh, it's all about brand awareness, as you guys know. You mm -hmm. know? Um, how, how long did it take you to, to, to really develop your brand? I would say eight months. Eight months. And like, how yeah. consistent were you in that eight months? Uh, four times a week. Post. Video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so just, just to kind of like shed the light a little bit for the listeners, because a lot of people, they'll, they'll start putting content out and then it's like two weeks later, they, they don't really have what they feel like is traction. Right. And then right. all of a sudden they're giving up. And so if you can shed a little bit of light for the listeners, like what, what have you, or what was your focus like when you started that putting content out there? What was your mindset? Like that told you, this is, this is how I'm doing it. And this is why I'm doing it and kind of kept you going. Well, it's like, it's like shredding, going to the gym. It's like, if you go yeah. for two weeks at the gym, it's like, you're not going to get a six pack in two weeks, right? right? You've got to keep going, <laughs> you know, uh, eight months. Yeah. You, you'll get a six pack, but then if you stop after eight months, you know, you're just going to go back to normal. Right. Right. It's like, you got to keep going. It, it's a, you know, and I think it's super important that people need to question themselves. Like, is it something that you really want to do first? Right. You know, are yeah. you really passionate about what you're going to put out? That's one thing you people can never see, fake is passion. Yeah, never. man. People see through it, you know, and you're right. not going to last, you know, you're always going to be caught out in the end. Mm -hmm. So you need to question like, before you do it, are you just doing it to make noise? Yeah. Or are you actually doing it because you, you were passionate about it and you actually want to do it? Yeah. You know, and people are always like, I want to become a fucking entrepreneur and make a million dollars, a hundred million dollars or whatever it is. It's like, but that's cool. Like, but do you really want to do that? Mm -hmm. Like, is that really what you want to do? Yeah. If it's, if it's too difficult, I tell people all the time, if it's too difficult for you and it's just not clicking and it's not feeling right, that means because you're not supposed to do it. Absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with that as well. Right. You know, people hard on themselves, like, you know, for not doing or succeeding in anything, you know, um, don't be hard on yourself. It's just not for you. Try something else, you know? Right. And going back in and tweaking and measuring and reassessing your results or looking, I guess, you know, trying to align your personal life and then your business life. Right. I like to believe that when you merge them together, you know, and you're a hundred percent authentic, that's when you become extremely powerful and you discover what you're passionate about. You have your voice or lack thereof in this yeah. type of situation. You know, I could have easily messaged you an hour before the 
the meeting and the podcast and canceled just because my voice doesn't sound pristine. But yeah, someone listening to this that is going to listen to you or Wes or myself, and it's going to make an impact in their life. Absolutely. And, and that's the best feeling. Right. That's the best. I mean, that's, that's what, yeah. that's why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, it's not about what I say or how I say it. It's how much of an impact am I making with my listeners, the people that I'm working with, whatever capacity. I've been saying the same shit <laughs> before they put a microphone in my face. Right. It's just that now I just have an audience because I've done it for so long and I don't really care about what other people think. You know, we share a similar view about people when you stick out your neck and you're coming behind the scenes and you're building your personal brand. A lot of your friends or people seeing you in your old skin. They laugh at you and shit, right? They, oh, look right. at yeah, look at this girl or look at this guy, Wes. You know, look at this. Who does this guy think he oh is? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, then, then they start applauding you and ask you for a freaking job. There's people that I've went to school know, with. Right? Asked oh, me for jobs and they laughed at me for years. Drives me I, nuts. Uh, yeah, you know. But it's all and, love. Yeah, it, it is. It, yeah, exactly. It's all love, you know. And they just probably weren't um, in the right mindset at that time. You know, and yeah. you know, look, they probably just don't have the right surroundings as well, you mm -hmm. know, because surroundings is, is a is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So they probably just don't know any better. Talk a lot about that, actually, is exposure. Like once you're exposed to something and you're exposed to something at a young age, at 17, selling Kirby's, knocking on doors, and you started making yes. 700 bucks, right? Yes. A vacuum. And yeah. you were exposed to a different life. Once you're exposed totally. to a different life, you can't go back. No, I would. Yeah. Like, you know, thinking about it now, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> but because I was so desperate, you know, right. uh, like for money, it's like, fuck, like I've got to do this. And I was just like thinking about it. Uh, it's just crazy to me that I was door knocking on people's homes, invading people's homes, mm -hmm. trying to sign them up for a $3,000 vacuum cleaner. <laughs> like that's just crazy. I think it's amazing. I think about it. <laughs> I can probably picture it in my mind. Like, hello? Like, like would you like to buy a vacuum cleaner? How dirty is your house? You know, like, what was your pitch? It's just cra like, crazy when I think about it. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it was a journey for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing though. Um, I'm oh, okay. very similar. Like when I, we moved my dad, I think it took him 18 years to buy my mom a house and build her a house because my older wow. sister was handicapped, right? And he worked yeah. two to three jobs and my mom had to stay at home because, you know, taking care of my older sister. And then of course my younger sister was coming up. So we lived right next door to my uh, grandparents, my mom's mm -hmm. side. And then we moved, I think 18 years. We, I would think I was 14, 14 at a time. We moved to like a real neighborhood, like houses right. and like cul-de-sac and all these things, right? So we moved right. there. And my dad would always say, okay, I wanted to wear Tommy Hilfiger's and Jordan's and all these, you know, cool, cool clothes, right? And he's like, no, nope, oh, we can't do that. No. But he goes, but I've been teaching you stuff your whole life. You don't realize. Every single one of these houses has grass and they're old people. They can't cut the grass. Go hustle. And that opened my eyes. Wow. And the next thing you know, I took over a whole neighborhood and then I started buying equipment. And then I had people cutting grass for me and getting commission off of it. So I think that no, way. Yeah, yeah, no bullshit. I had <laughs> a business. So at, I had a business at 14. A, so I think that's really yes. cool. That's a true yeah. entrepreneur. Right. I just never hustle. Had that yeah. Hustle. <laughs> yeah. Just got a hustle mentality. Wes, I mean, what is the, what are some of the things that you um, think listeners will want to know before we kind of wrap up with Linda? And I've just been such a powerful episode. I think that the listeners get a lot of understanding 
the direction and the mentality side of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a good way to wrap up, uh, Belinda, is if you can kind of like maybe like your last words or your number one tip uh, for the listeners when it comes to them potentially looking at, you know, maybe there's maybe there a lot of our listeners are salespeople, right? So maybe right. they're a salesperson now. They want to make that jump into entrepreneurship. What would be that number one tip you would give them that maybe they need to start thinking about doing whatever it may be to make that transition? Like, honestly, it sounds so generic and I'm so sorry, but you just got to fucking do it. Just don't overthink anything. You know, people are just like, it's crazy to me, like the amount of, uh, you know, messages and DMs I get on LinkedIn. I'm pretty good on LinkedIn. You know, hey, I want to meet for coffee and pick your brain and discuss blah, blah. This is my idea. And this is what I'm thinking is. It's just like so much information. It's like, why just, you know, just try it out, you know, start somewhere. Everybody has to start somewhere. Right. Um, and I just think people are just so caught up in their own thoughts, you know, thinking about the future that hasn't even fucking happened. It's just like living the present. You know, I'm reading a book right now called Eckhart Tolle. It's like completely changing my life called the power of now. And it's an incredible book. And because I'm constantly fast paced, I'm always thinking about the next thing and I'm not content. That's the truth. That's a vulnerable moment. I'm super not content and I'm always wanting the next thing. Like, you know, mm. I accomplished that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's awesome. I did it. Tick. What's next? Right. Right. And the power of now has really made me think of just living in the presence, like living in, in the, in the now. And I've realized because I'm not living in the now, I'm actually not living or I've never actually lived because I'm constantly thinking in my own thoughts, which is actually not even living. So mm. I think that, you know, people, um, you know, need to just do, start, you know, and who cares if you fucking fail? Right. You know, who, who cares? You know, no, do you one's, know I'm no sure one's going to care. Failed many times, you know. Oh yeah. You're going to embrace like, that people, shit. Embrace exactly, it. Exactly. And, and the people that you think that will care, they honestly don't care. Mm. You know, they they really don't. Like nobody actually cares. It's <laughs> it's crazy to think that, but nobody really cares yeah, except for maybe so your true. mom, your mom, maybe right. or maybe your spouse, partner, or whoever you've got in your life. You know, maybe. Mm. But everyone just has their shit going on in their own lives and their own heads. Like they don't care about you, what the fuck you're doing, mm. what you look like on camera, you know, what you right. say on this podcast. Like nobody actually cares, right? Right. You know? No, no one does. I, I have a family back home in the states. It's like, and when I started the podcast, I was like, well, my parents will listen. <laughs> oh shit! You know, like, and then now we have like, over. 80, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like over eighty thousand, you know, subscribers a month. You know, to tune in and download for our awesome. show. And which is really yeah. great just for, you know, we, what, for seven months that we started the podcast, which I'm humbled. And I appreciate every person that takes the time well done. And, and, it's, I, and thank you. I, I think this, the next move for us is obviously, you know, bringing on guests like yourself that they're aligned with our core values and what we're trying to get our message out with, because it's not about just bringing people on the show. I'm very strategic. I am very methodical with that as well as picking out the right people that I think that will bring more value to the, you know, to our listeners and, and understanding what they're about. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to add to that quickly, um, more people, you know, look, I can't talk too much, but being in a male dominant industry 
um, it's super hard being a female. Holy mm-hmm. fuck, you know. And my heart goes out, and my, you know, I, you know, high five females that are running businesses because I just already know the shit that they're going through. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just feel like they males don't go through that. Male ha- males go through other shit. You know, you know, being like egotistic and you know all of that kind of stuff and flexing and all of that. But I think you know females um, struggle a ton you know, in, in a business world, because it's trying to figure out, is he trying to date me? Actually want to do business with me. Right. Right. And like, you know, true moment here, like that's the actual truth. That's the actual reality. I have, I have an understanding of that because it's, I'm a very personable person, especially I'm very passionate about what I do. And even if you get too close and you try to really help the other person, I don't really see the you know, I'm not blind, but it's, yeah. I, I'm it's business is business. Personal is personal. But when you are very passionate about what you do, you have to kind of take a step back and be like, listen, I mean, like, why is he trying to help me this much? Or the other girl's like, maybe he's into me. You know, like, I'm, listen, I tell the people that work with me, I don't, I don't believe they work for me. They work with me. Like, there's a lot of things that are going to be said. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to moment. I'm going to say whatever I got to say. Don't take any offense. I'm the same person at the coffee stop shop down the street, Starbucks, that I am sitting in this office, wherever yeah. it is. But I understand what you're mean by the shit you're dealing with. You have to deal with on a daily basis. You know, oh, you're yeah. attractive female, you know, founder of a business, you know, growing business and getting your face out there and you're not scared to show it. It's not about the look. That's just the brand. That's just obviously the facade, the illusion. Right. It's where you know the real person. That's what I think the listeners, if you, all the listeners out there, please follow this woman. She is oh up gosh, and rising. She's going to kill it. Get used to the name. Get used to the name. <laughs> I think it's you. great. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Absolutely. You guys are awesome, by the way. Good <laughs> Thank energy. You. Good energy. I can feel your energy. Good energy. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And Belinda, where, where um, just touching on what Chris said, where can everybody follow you? Um, yeah, so my handles uh, on Instagram is Belinda Agnew Original. So A G N E W. If anybody doesn't know how to spell uh, my last name, it's super confusing. Uh, and you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn, which is just my first and last name, Belinda Agnew, and YouTube, same thing as well. Reach out, please, from you. Perfect, beautiful. I know you. You have a podcast as well, don't you? No, I've I've got a TV show, The Impossible. The TV, that's what it was. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, I yeah. Saw. So we don't have like a podcast. I kind of went down that route, but no, it's not. Gotcha, everything. gotcha. Yeah. I think it's great. I really appreciate you know you coming onto the show. I'm very honored. Um, you know so anything much. that anything you need from us, you know I'm open Likewise. book, open book. So, but other yeah. than that, guys, I mean, just keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. I hope you got a tons of value from. The things that, you know, Belinda mentioned on our show, you know, what Wes and everybody and Wes wrap us up, man, put a bow on this one. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- uh, you know, thank you again, Belinda, for, for being on and for all the listeners, again, make sure you go ahead and follow Belinda. She has great advice. She has great experience and she'll really help you with really anything that you have going on, whether it's even business or personal. So again, Belinda, thank you so much for being on. No, thank you. Thanks guys. Mm-hmm.